Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. Hey there, welcome. It's the Jeff Fidoff Show. Thanks so much for tuning in on FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. I'm the aforementioned Jeff Fidoff. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at that happens. Lots to get into today. We've got uh, men's NCAA tournament today. We've got women's NCAA tournament to talk about. By the end of the night, on Monday, we'll be down to four teams. Um, we've also got the World Baseball Classic. NFL news to get into. Uh, LeBron is back. Kyrie and the Mavericks having trouble. So many different topics to get into. Um, but there's a lot to talk about today. So let's start off talking about the men's NCAA tournament. We are down to four teams. And you've got uh, Miami. Florida Atlantic, UConn, San Diego State. Uh, San Diego State and Miami are both five seeds. UConn's a four, seed, a four seed and Florida Atlantic is a nine seed. So it is not a blue blood type tournament. I know some people might say, well, UConn is a blue blood. I mean, look at what their history, what they've done. And that's a fair argument. Maybe you can argue that UConn is a blue blood, but by and large, not a blue blood tournament. There's not a Duke, a Kansas, a Carolina um, who else? Uh, UCLA. There's not these other traditional blue bloods, Kentucky, Louisville, that are normally in when you talk about the blue bloods. Um, you had Miami knocked off Texas, who was a two seed. Everyone really had high hopes for them going into the tournament. Uh, Florida Atlanta beat Kansas State, one of the darlings of the tournament. Uh, UConn defeated Gonzaga, always a bridesmaid, it seems like, in the NCAA tournament. Can't quite ever get over the hump. And then Creighton. Uh, they fell to San Diego State. So Miami takes on UConn, Florida Atlantic takes on San Diego State in the Final Four on Saturday. It's shocking to me that either Florida Atlantic or San Diego State is going to be in the championship game and a chance to play for that title. Uh, UConn, you can always, I could see UConn. They got Dan Hurley as a head coach. And look, honestly, the Big East has shown well in this tournament. But me personally, when I look at the uh, the Big Ten I'm sorry, the, the, the big dance, the tournament. I look at the tournament. I typically am fine with upsets and Cinderella stories early on. But when I get to my final four, I want to have the, the Blue Bloods in it. I want Maybe not Blue Bloods, I'll put it this way. I want to have the best four teams in. I'm not sure if these are the best four teams. As a matter of fact, I don't think they are the best four teams. Um, you know, Alabama and Houston were great teams in the regular season. Alabama, but the, the problem is you get to some of these situations like Alabama, they relied so heavily on a freshman. And when he had an awful shooting night like he had in the um, Elite Eight game, um, I'm sorry, in the uh, Sweet 16 game, when he had such a terrible shooting game against San Diego State, Brandon Williams, when that happened, um, it's it's really tough to come back from that, to be able to overcome something like that if you're a team that's relied on a freshman uh, Brandon Miller, by the way, who relied on a freshman so much during the regular season and into the conference tournament, which is what they did. They relied on him so much that when he had a bad shooting game, the whole team went south with him. And you need to have veteran play, veterans that are on these teams. That's what you have a lot with these teams. When you look at the, the makeup of these teams, they're not just relying on a bunch of freshmen. They do have some veteran leadership there, guys that have been in this for a couple of years, and they're not relying on just young upstart freshmen. Kansas State made a great run based on that well. But going back, my point was, I, I'm fine with upsets early on. The 12s over the 5s, a 15 over 2 early on. That's fine. I'm fine with having these Cinderella stories. We get to Sweet 16. That's fine. But I want the I want four teams in the final four that I think are representative of the best teams in the country. Now, that's not to take away from what Miami and Florida Atlantic and UConn and San Diego State have done. That's not to take away from them. But what this has proven to me, though, is that the regular season in college basketball means so little now. It used to mean a lot more. It, winning a conference was a big deal. Winning a conference championship uh, tournament was a big deal. The seedings were a big deal. None of that matters anymore. I think that this year is the first year of what we're going to see going forward, where you're going to see the seeds don't matter. They did not matter at all this year. You know, everyone thought, oh, my God, Purdue is so good. Purdue, Zach Eadie's going to lead this team into the Final Four. Um, you know, uh, Houston, Alabama, Kansas, they're all going to get to the Elite Eight or the Final Four. None of that happened because it is a one-game tournament. If these were best-of-three series, you may have a different outcome. But with the transfer portal and when you've got guys that need to mesh at the right time. And at Purdue, look, I thought the Big Ten was a great uh, conference this year, 
but it's proven to be overrated by the fact that no one was al- no one's alive now. No one's alive in the Elite Eight. Michigan State was the last team standing. Well, UCLA, if you want to be a smart ass and say UCLA is a Big Ten team now, but um, it's amazing to me to see uh, how these teams, the, the comp, the tournament itself, it, it's it's not. I promise you, the best team in the country is not going to win the NCAA tournament this year. The hottest team in the country will. The team that can win six straight. In some cases, it'd be seven straight, but this year it's six straight because there's no play-in tournament players in this one. That we get to this point, but the team that can win six straight games, the hottest team, is the team that's going to win the tournament. And nobody in their brackets, I don't believe, unless you're a Florida Atlantic fan, had Florida Atlantic going to the Final Four. I can't believe anybody had these, this Final Four right. Actually, I know they didn't because in all the bracket studies they did, the the tens of millions of brackets that were filled out. No one's perfect to this point. They've all been at least got one miss somewhere. So, um, but it's just amazing to me watching this tournament. And I don't, I don't like it. There are there are people that say I, I like this. I like the upsets. I like the Cinderella stories, and that's fine. Me personally, though, I I want the regular season to mean more than it does. And right now, it means nothing, and it may never mean anything again, just because of the transfer portal. And because of the one and dones, soon to be none and dones, but with how much turnover there is with all of these teams, it makes the regular season virtually meaningless. All you have to do is get into the tournament. And again, doesn't matter what seed line you're on. We've now seen six teams beat ones a couple of times in the last, what, six years, five years, whatever it was, uh, since um, Virginia got knocked off the first round by a 16 seed. Now we see it again this year. Uh, with Purdue losing. But so it's not, there's 15s being twos almost every year now, it seems like. And like this year, you've got a four, two fives, and a nine in your final four as far as the seeding goes. Regular season means so little. It's just being healthy and peaking at the right time. That's what's going to lead you to an NCAA championship. And I personally, I liked it. I, I like it better when there are traditional teams in there and there's veteran teams that, I, that I've watched for a couple years and do it. But I'm also, maybe I'm that get off my lawn guy now because of the fact that I don't like what this is. And I personally think, look, I don't think we have great TV numbers. The ratings numbers, when they come out, I don't think you get great ratings numbers for Final Four. People might like to talk about it. They might like to think about all Cinderella story, these great, but I don't think viewers are going to flock to this with a four, two fives, and a nine in your Final Four. Women's NCAA Tournament. Um, as I record this on Monday evening, there's still uh, South Carolina is well ahead in their game against Maryland, and Ohio State plays Virginia Tech later on. We got two other teams in there already. It was um, LSU defeated Miami, uh, 54 to 42. That was a three seed over a nine seed number two Iowa over Louisville, 97 to 83. Caitlin Clark first uh, 40 plus point triple double in March Madness history, 41 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists. So uh, the women's side, although there were upsets there also, there were some 12s beat fives and so on, we still are pretty close to having, um, you know, chalk-ish, more chalk, I think. You have three in there and a two in there already, which is higher than any seeds that the men's side has. Um, South Carolina's a one seed. They'll get there. They're playing number two Maryland right now. Number three Ohio State plays number one Virginia Tech. There won't be anybody lower than a three seed in the women's NCAA Final Four. So, uh, that's going to happen. Caitlin Clark, by the way, fantastic to watch. Love watching this girl play. Um, she does things that uh, that are amazing on the basketball floor. And again, it's not just it's not just scoring. Although she did score forty one points, it's tough to score forty one points in a college basketball game. But the fact she had twelve assists as well. Look, they scored ninety seven points. She had forty one points and twelve assists to go along with the ten rebounds. Fantastic player to watch. Iowa makes their first Final Four since nineteen ninety three. Ironically. Ohio State playing against Virginia Tech on Monday night. They were going for their first Final Four since 1993. So two Big Ten teams made the Final Four in 93. They actually played in the Final Four. Ohio State won that game in overtime behind Katie Smith. And then they went on to lose to Cheryl Swoops. Um, and I think it was Texas Tech, if I'm mistaken, in that game. But um, two Big Ten teams were in the Final Four that year. So uh, South Carolina, though, they look like the, the juggernauts of this. And South Carolina... Uh, if and when, which they should beat Maryland, they're going to play Iowa, and LSU will take on the winner of Ohio State, Virginia Tech, and that'll be the Final Four in Dallas. More chalky again for the women. You're going to have a three, a two, 
and either a one or a two and a one or a three kind of thing in that final four, which is more than, um, again, much, much more along the lines of the way people thought it would go versus um, what we have on the men's side. Ohio State women get a big win over Connecticut. It's a signature win for that program under head coach Kevin McGuff. Probably the biggest win in franchise history. They go in as a 10-point underdog to UConn and rolled the Huskies. It was never even close after about the first uh, five, six minutes of the game. Ohio State took off their defense. They're a fun team to watch. Again, we won't know uh, by the time this gets recorded or gets posted. The game will be over. Don't know the final score on that one. But um, Ohio State, though, uh, they are uh, taking on Virginia Tech tonight. Again, South Carolina well ahead of Maryland at the time of this recording. We'll talk more about that. All right, coming up next, no progress on Lamar Jackson deal, but there is Lamar Jackson news. Uh, we're still waiting for the Rodgers-Jets deal to get done. we got NFL talked into next. Thank you for tuning in uh, to the Jeff Thidoff Show. I am Jeff Thidoff at That Happens. This is Fan Stream Sports powered by DSPMediaOnline.com. Back with you here in just a moment. Hello, sports fans. Fan Stream Sports. Jeeves Law Group. I've known Scott Jeeves for quite some time, and he's just like us, a huge college football fan. But he's not just another PI attorney. He is a ferocious advocate for his clients. Scott Jeeves is a board-certified civil trial lawyer and a certified circuit court mediator practicing in Tampa Bay for over 30 years. He is an AV preeminent-rated civil trial lawyer and certified circuit court mediator. Folks, these designations are not just given out. They're given only to the best trial attorneys. But more than anything, Scott takes these cases personally. I've heard it from his clients. He's a fighter you want on your side. Insurance companies hate it when they see you're represented by Jeeves. He's just different. 727-894-2929 or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. That's J-E-E-V-E-S LawGroup.com and tell them JP sent you. Guys, let me tell you about Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Are you experiencing low sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, and you just don't feel like you have the vitality you once had? You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. Do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional civility. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Call 844 977 3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Now is the time to make sure your home insurance is in order. In the last year, many of us have made improvements to our homes. So call the folks at Italiano and discuss these upgrades to make sure you have enough coverage. According to a recent report, almost 64% of homeowners don't have enough insurance on their home, which is their most valuable asset. Also, a great time to make sure you have flood insurance. Even if your mortgage company does not require flood insurance, your home could still be at flood risk. Another big item as we enter hurricane season is making sure your pool enclosure is added to your policy and there will be no issue at claim time. That happens a lot. So call your friendly agent at Italiano Insurance to review your policies today. 813-877-7799 or italianoinsurance.com. Attention, if you are home shopping or looking for a refinance, and even if you already have the approval letter, you must call my man Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services. Scott has a brand new program available in the greater Tampa Bay area called the Community Advantage Loan Program. Get this, no money down, no mortgage insurance, no points, no origination fee, purchase or refinance and loan amounts up to $647,000. Now, there are some application requirements. It must be a single-family home, one unit, primary residence, and have a minimum 640 credit score. The program only applies to certain neighborhoods, so you have to call to find out if you qualify. So call Scott Fitzgerald at 813-294-7595 or email him at scott at amstampa.com. Com. Now, even if you don't qualify for that program, Scott will shop your loan around, get you the best rates, and won't charge you the huge upfront fees. And if you've had issues with your bank calling you back, Scott will return calls immediately or at least the same day. 
813-294-7595 or email him scott at amstampa.com. Scott Fitzgerald, MLS 386-722, American Mortgage Services, 1000 North Ashley Drive, Suite 1020 Temple. Coming back at you. Now, more fans stream sports. All right, we're back. This is Jeff Fiddle Show. Thank you for tuning in. Fans stream sports powered by DSCBDonline.com. Follow me on Twitter at Fit Happens. Lots to talk about still now. NFL. Um, I said there's no Lamar Jackson deal. They are still talking. But Lamar Jackson did come out and say that back on March 2nd, he demanded, asked for, requested a trade. Demands are wrong, strong word. Requested a trade from the Ravens because he saw that things weren't going anywhere with their negotiations. So Lamar Jackson, and then he penned a, a tweet or somebody, a letter, someone that came out to Ravens fans, thanking them for their support, loves the Ravens, blah, blah, blah. I'm not glossing over the fact he did that, but these are all negotiating tactics or what these are. And I know Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent. So um, it's... Uh, it, it's all – nothing's set in stone yet. The Ravens don't have to trade him. They can keep him if they want. They've got him signed on the – they've got him – they've given him the um, the non-exclusive franchise tag for $32.4 million. He can sign that and play with them. We can go out and solicit offers from other teams. And if a team signs to an offer sheet, he can then take it to the Ravens. The Ravens say, yes, we're going to match that, the total terms, or no, we're not going to match it. And the Ravens get two first-round picks in exchange for that. Or – the Ravens can work out a sign and trade with the team if they want. If there's a team that doesn't have a couple of first round picks, um, they, they can give up. Maybe there's n- another package involved. So lots of moving parts in this with Lamar Jackson. Uh, so there's plenty of options on both sides. Look, Lamar Jackson could always say, hell with you, I'm not signing the tender. I'm going to uh, sit out this year. So there are certain teams that should be interested in Lamar Jackson. Certain teams absolutely should be. And I'm convinced so if he doesn't get an offer on this, I would absolutely be banging the, the table saying collusion's going on. If no owner gives him a decent offer, he wants to sign. If no franchise gives him an offer, he wants to sign. I'm sitting here telling you it's got to be collusion. So a couple of teams that should be involved in. The Colts absolutely should be. The Colts have been searching for a quarterback since Andrew Luck retired abruptly um, in the right before the season started a few years ago. And since then, the Colts have gone through, you know, Philip Rivers and Matt Ryan and whatever, Carson Wentz. But they went through a bunch of guys they've gone through. Uh, and so the Colts, they hold the fourth pick in this year's draft, which I'm sure would be attractive to the Ravens. So if they worked out, if they signed him to an offer sheet and the Ravens chose not to match it, then the, the Ravens could get the Colts' number four pick. Uh, the Commanders should be involved in this, I think. The Vikings, because Kirk Cousins already said he is likely to, he's going to test free agency next year when his contract expires. The Vikings need a longer-term answer there at quarterback. Look, the 49ers should be involved. And I know the 49ers don't have a first or second round pick this year from their Christian McCaffrey trade, the other deals they made. But the 49ers could offer a package of picks. Um, they've got a bunch of third round picks just through, through compensatory picks. They can offer some picks this year in the third round, picks next year, and maybe Trey Lance in a deal if the Ravens think that um, Trey Lance is someone they could develop into being a, a, a solid starting quarterback for Baltimore. So that's another team that should be going after. The Falcons should be doing it as well. The Falcons, I look, I, I don't think Desmond Ritter's the guy from Cincinnati they drafted last year. I don't see him being the long-term answer there. Could you imagine if the Falcons were able to get a hold of Lamar Jackson, what that would mean? And where the Falcons are picking, it's not like they're going to be in a position to take one of these top four quarterbacks in this year's draft. So the Falcons should absolutely be looking into this. And I know some people have said, well, if you're the Colts, why not wait till after the draft and then sign an offer sheet? Um, and then that way your picks that you're, you're giving up are 24 and 25. See, the 2024 season, 2025 draft picks, I should say, when they should be better and not picking fourth. But if they have Lamar Jackson on that Colts team, they're picking hopefully a lot lower in the draft. And that's a fair thing to say. But the risk you run is if – Lamar Jackson signs an offer sheet with someone else before then, and the Ravens sign off on that. Or if the Ravens match the offer sheet to the Ravens. Right now, that Colts offer sheet would be much more attractive to the Ravens if they're getting the fourth pick in the draft this year. So the Ravens might look at it and say, you know what? No, we're going to match this. We think this is worth it to us. But the Ravens, what they're doing is they're letting other teams set the market for Lamar Jackson not Lamar Jackson saying the mark for Lamar Jackson. So it's 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 an interesting study what's going on right now. Both teams are playing chicken. Lamar by not getting an agent and and not agreeing to a long-term deal. The Ravens by saying, "You think you can do better? Go." And risk testing him. 
um, challenging him to go get a better offer than what the Ravens would offer him. So, and then the thing that Lamar Jackson just put out today about thanking the Ravens nation and how much he loved being in Baltimore, it's just time to move on. All those things that Lamar Jackson put out there, they are still negotiating. So we'll see what happens with this. I don't think Lamar Jackson ever takes a snap for the Ravens again. I think he's gone. I think the Colts make a lot of sense for him. The Colts are done trying to develop either young quarterbacks or bringing in old quarterbacks that have not played, that are their best days are behind them. Lamar's in his prime. The Colts should make this move right now, sign to a big offer sheet, and force the Ravens' hand before the draft on this. I think the Ravens would say, nope, you're good. Go to go to Indy. We'll take that number four pick this year and the Colts' first-round pick next year. The Jets and Packers, it comes out that they were started talking about the Aaron Rodgers deal before the Super Bowl. Now, the deal's not done yet. All signs point to getting done, though. It is going to happen. It might happen. The owner's meeting's coming up right now, but it is going to happen. It's just a question of when. Um the Jets don't want to give up a first-round pick this year. They're picking 13th. They would much rather give up some compensation later on in the draft this year, maybe something down the road. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers automatically makes them the, the best team in their division even because the Jets still have to contend with Miami and Buffalo in that division. And Buffalo is still damn good. And Miami has made some uh, adjustments. Getting, getting Jalen Ramsey makes them a lot more attractive as well. And we'll see with the quarterback situation, how it plays out. But if I'm the Jets in the Packers, I think this deal right here would make the most sense. If the Jets gave up a second rounder this year and then a conditional pick next year, um, maybe like a, thir- a third round pick if the Jets make the playoffs, a two if they win a playoff game. So it could be a two and a two right now or two and a three, a two this year, a three next year. And then a conditional pick for 2025. And what that's based on is because if, if Aaron Rodgers only plays one year and leaves, I don't think giving up more than two draft picks makes much sense. But if Rodgers commits after 2023 and says, I'm coming back to play in 2024, then I think there's a conditional pick attached to that as well. It could be a two if he plays in 2024. It could be a seven if he doesn't. That way, the Jets have got protection. The Packers could walk away with three second-round picks in this deal, which is not the worst thing in the world because they want to see what Jordan Love's got anyway. That makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, so that deal should get done. It should get done. It seems like it's it's not that hard to put together. If the Jets, though, or I'm sorry, the Packers are asking for more than a first, or, or even if they're asking for a first-round pick, I, I, I don't think the Jets will do that unless it's a conditional pick, not this year's pick, a conditional pick down the road that could turn into a first-round pick. Uh, Carolina has done their homework. They sent large groups of people to both Ohio State and Alabama's Pro Day. Carolina, you remember, traded with the Bears to get the first pick overall in the draft this year, looking for a franchise quarterback. Uh, They signed Andy Dalton to a one-year deal to kind of be the placeholder maybe and start the season while they develop this other quarterback they're going to pick. So they sent a bunch of people to Columbus uh, to watch C.J. Stroud, a bunch of people to Tuscaloosa to watch Bryce Young. I think they're – and they've said we're not – if you look at – if you look at Frank Reich, the head coach for Carolina, if you look at his past, he always favors taller quarterbacks. All the quarterbacks he he develops, all the quarterbacks he wants to work with are at least like 6'2". C.J. Stroud is 6'3", Bryce Young 5'10". Now, Carolina has said, we're not go- size is not going to determine who we take. So we're not scared off by Bryce Young's size is what they've said. And they've said they have real interest. Reports being leaked, they have real interest in Bryce Young. I think that's all a smokescreen. I think they're going to take, one way or the other, the Panthers are going to end up with C.J. Stroud. Now, what they're trying to probably do is convince Houston at number two, hey, if you want Bryce Young, you've got to come get him. We might take him. Houston's just say, you know what? Hell with you. I'm standing fast. I'll take whoever's left. Because either one of those guys would be fine for Houston. I'd rather have C.J. Stroud. But I think Houston's probably fine taking either one of those guys. Um, so I think this is all a bluff move by Carolina. Look, they've added D.J. Chark from Detroit. They've already added Adam Thielen. They got Miles Sanders in there. Uh, this team is set up. They're getting some weapons in there to help whoever is quarterback. And I think C.J. Stroud makes the most sense for the Panthers to take him with that number one overall pick. I think Houston takes Bryce Young. Arizona tries to trade back to get additional capital. I don't think they'll be able to. They'll probably be taking a defensive lineman, defensive end type of thing there at three. At four, Indy will take, I'm thinking, uh, you know, the I'm thinking they will lean towards Richardson from Florida. I think that's where they will go. And then somebody will pick up on uh, Will Levis 
It might be the Raiders at seven, but somebody else might trade up to grab uh, Will Levis, although I'm not sure he's that great of an option. I think he's got a lot of work to do. Uh, Austin Eckler from the Los Angeles Chargers running back was trying to get a better deal with them. They're having no luck getting that, uh, any kind of like common ground on that. Eckler asked for permission to uh, seek a trade. Chargers granted to him. The Chargers still want to keep him. Eckler, though, is shopping. His agents, his people are shopping his talents around to see what kind of offer that uh, they could make to the Chargers, other teams. Chargers still want Eckler. If they don't get him, though, if they don't keep him, I mean, Bijan Robinson could be an option for them in the draft as well. I love Bijan Robinson. We're going to talk about that later on, by the way. Uh, Zeke Elliott has said that he is down to three teams that he wants to choose from. The Bengals, the Jets, and the Eagles. Now, what's interesting is Elliott, who was released by the Cowboys last week. Um, Elliott, uh, he's 27 years old, a lot of carries on that body. Look, he was a great runner for a few years, but they cut him because his contract was too big. That's all there's to it. By the way, Mike McCarthy also said they they could welcome Zeke back. Uh, They would love to have the option of maybe talking to him. I know that Zeke said he wants to play for these three teams. I'm not sure how many of these three teams want Zeke. The Jets have already got a really decent backfield. You got Brees Hall, you got Michael Carter coming off, uh, coming back from injury. Brees Hall coming back from injury as, as well, but they're both solid running backs. Uh, the Eagles, they've got a bunch of guys. They, they just signed Rashad Penny. You know, they've got Boston Scott. They got guys in place as well, a backfield by committee. The Bengals make sense to me just because the Bengals lost Samaj P. Ryan in free agency to the Broncos. They need a second back to pair with Joe Mixon. I still think the Bengals' best option to cut Mixon and draft Bijan Robinson. First of all, draft Bijan Robinson if he's there, then cut Mixon. If you can't get, um, you know, Robinson or Gibbs from Alabama, then you got to think hold on to Mixon, and then you could add Zeke to that as well. I think the Browns should have interest in him. If the Browns are going to lose Kareem Hunt, and the Cowboys still could bring him back as well. But lots of moving parts in there. Zeke, it's just, it's a running back thing. It's nothing against Zeke. Zeke was a fantastic talent for a couple years for the Cowboys, but running backs have a very, very short shelf life, and Zeke seems to have exceeded his already. So a potential Hall of Famer, maybe, depending on how he finishes his last few years in the league, with what kind of role he takes on. Um, but uh, I think it's a, it. he's not going to get much money. The Bengals make a lot of sense for him. The Cowboys could. I think the Browns could as well. I'm not sure about the other teams involved. Jets and Eagles. We don't even know if they have interest. So we'll see what happens with that. All right, coming up next. The World Baseball Classic was wonderful, unless you are a baseball owner. We'll talk about next. This is the Jeff Thidoff Show right here on Fan Street Sports, powered by DSPMediaOnline.com. Hello, sports fans. Fan Stream Sports. Jeeves Law Group. I've known Scott Jeeves for quite some time, and he's just like us, a huge college football fan, but he's not just another PI attorney. He is a ferocious advocate for his clients. Scott Jeeves is a board-certified civil trial lawyer and a certified circuit court mediator practicing in Tampa Bay for over 30 years. He is an AV preeminent rated civil trial lawyer and certified circuit court mediator. Folks, these designations are not just given out. They're given only to the best trial attorneys. But more than anything, Scott takes these cases personally. I've heard it from his clients. He's a fighter you want on your side. Insurance companies hate it when they see you're represented by Jeeves. He's just different. 727-894-2929 or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. That's J-E-E-V-E-S LawGroup.com and tell them JP sent you. Guys, let me tell you about Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Are you experiencing low sex drive? fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, and you just don't feel like you have the vitality you once had, you're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. Do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Call 844 977 3477 
or go to BAMMC.com. Now is the time to make sure your home insurance is in order. In the last year, many of us have made improvements to our homes. So call the folks at Italiano and discuss these upgrades to make sure you have enough coverage. According to a recent report, almost 64% of homeowners don't have enough insurance on their home, which is their most valuable asset. Also, a great time to make sure you have flood insurance. Even if your mortgage company does not require flood insurance, your home could still be at flood risk. Another big item as we enter hurricane season is making sure your pool enclosure is added to your policy and there will be no issue at claim time. That happens a lot. So call your friendly agent at Italiano Insurance to review your policies today. 813-877-7799 or italianoinsurance.com. Attention, if you are home shopping or looking for a refinance, and even if you already have the approval letter, you must call my man Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services. Scott has a brand new program available in the greater Tampa Bay area called the Community Advantage Loan Program. Get this, no money down, no mortgage insurance, no points, no origination fee, purchase or refinance, and loan amounts up to $647,000. Now, there are some application requirements. It must be a single-family home, one unit, primary residence, and have a minimum 640 credit score. The program only applies to certain neighborhoods, so you have to call to find out if you qualify. So call Scott Fitzgerald at 813-294-7595 or email him at scott at amstampa.com. Now, even if you don't qualify for that program, Scott will shop your loan around, get you the best rates, and won't charge you the huge upfront fees. And if you've had issues with your bank calling you back, Scott will return calls immediately or at least the same day. 813-294-7595 or email him, scott at amstampa.com. Scott Fitzgerald, MLS 386-722, American Mortgage Services, 1000 North Ashland Drive, Suite 1020, Tampa, Florida. Coming back at you. Now, more fans dream sports. Hey, we're back. Thanks so much for tuning in. Jeff Fitoff, uh, Tito, they call me, at Fit Happens. You can follow me on Twitter that way, at Fit Happens. Fan Stream Sports, powered by DSPMediaOnline.com. Okay, so World Baseball Classic. We're now we're well into spring-ish, I guess, depending where you live. It is spring, I guess, no matter where you live, it's spring. But the weather, I guess, is what I'm talking about. And the World Baseball Classic could not have been scripted better as far as ending goes. Japan being the United States. Uh, Shohei Otani on the mound, striking out Mike Trout. Uh, you know, it's uh, the former uh, teammate against teammate, uh, representing their countries, the uh, the jubilation from the Japanese team as far as winning that World Baseball Classic. It was, it could not, like if you were writing the script for Hollywood, this is how it would have ended. So it was wonderful to see that happen the way it did end and how much interest the World Baseball Classic generated. Um, uh, Otani, by the way, what a story. So Shohei Otani, if you didn't see this story, in high school, he was asked, they were asked to write down goals and things they have. And Otani said, in high school now, mind you, said that one of his goals was to win the World Baseball Classic and be named MVP at the age of 26. He's 27. He did win the World Baseball Classic. He was named the MVP. Missed it by a year. But keep in mind, COVID happened that delayed the World Baseball Classic by a year. So COVID really prevented um, Otani from hitting that goal of being a World Baseball Classic champion and also winning the MVP. So good for him. It was better, better than the World Series for me. And I, I think it's because every game down the stretch, like the semifinals and finals, every game was a game seven. There was no game one. There was no game two. Every game was game seven. And I saw players, at least to me, it looked like they played, maybe not on the U.S. side, but on some of these other teams, though, they played with more pride than they would for World Series. Some guys, because they have no chance at the World Series because they play – for a foreign country, they don't play in America in, in American baseball. They play in other countries. So this is their World Series. And watching the way the fans got into this, they were so excited, entrenched in this. And it had a, like I said, it had a game seven, you know, uh, one game playoff kind of feel to it, which is what it was. That part I loved about it. And I enjoyed watching the World Baseball Classic more than I enjoy watching the World Series. But... If you're a Major League Baseball owner, God, I catch so much hell every time I say this, something like this. But look, if you're a Major League Baseball owner, you had to be cringing watching this. Okay, Adam Wainwright is a 41-year-old. He'll be 42 this year for the Cardinals, starting pitch for the Cardinals. Now, he did get hurt, but it was like warming up. He was doing some, uh, he was working out, 
at the WBC, had a groin injury. He's going to miss uh, the, the first couple weeks, several weeks of the season. By the way, he's making $17.5 million. He is a key veteran pitcher on that staff for St. Louis, right? You got that happening. You've got Astros second baseman Jose Altuve, who is a, uh, was he a five-time All-Star? More than that, multiple All-Star. He was fifth in the MVP winning last year. He's making $29 million this year. He's out for more than two months because of an injury he suffered, got hit by a pitch in the World Baseball Classic. Astros trying to win the World Series again. And uh, again, he makes $29 million. They're counting on him to play a big role on a World Series winning potential, potential World Series winning team. And he's going to miss at least two months. On top of that, Edwin Diaz. This is the worst injury of them all. The closer for the Mets gets hurt celebrating on the mound after a victory. And he just signed a five-year, $102 million contract this offseason. This past season at 32 goals, a 1.31 ERA. An insurance policy will kick into this that will Major League Baseball will essentially pay for his salary for this year. And that's fine. His salary is not the most important part about this. The most important part about this now is the Mets, who are trying like hell to win a World Series, just lost their closer for the year. The guy they were counting on. No matter what kind of money you throw back at the Mets, the Mets aren't in this to make money obviously, by their luxury tax. The Mets are in this to win the World Series. That's the entire reason they're in this. That's why Edwin Diaz is not making $102 million or five years to play the World Baseball Classic. Jose Altuve, the Astros didn't say, we're giving you $29 million because we want you to win the WBC. No, we want you to be a key part of a World Series team. And that's the problem I have with this, is that this the players are going out playing this exhibition. I know it's important for their countries. I get it. It's totally important to their countries. It means more to probably their it means more to their countries than the World Series does to them. Okay, it means more to the countries. I get that. That's absolutely true. But if I'm the owner shelling out this kind of money for you to play for my team to try to get me to the World Series, how badly do the Mets, with all the money they're spending, how badly do they want a World Series? The fans, the ownership, the other players on this Mets team, how badly do they want a World Series? This owner is not the, the owner. Cohen's not putting his. He's not out there sticking out his chest from the WBC. He's trying to win a World Series. That's why he pays them that money. That's my problem with it. If national pride means the, is what means the most to you, then say, okay, I will sign this contract. If I get hurt in the World Baseball Classic, you owe me nothing and you can void the contract. Do that then. If I have an injury related to that, if, if that is the most important thing to you, if the World Baseball Classic to Edwin Diaz is more important to you than anything else, then have that clause in your contract. Have that as an option for the team to say, you can cut me from this guaranteed contract. It won't be guaranteed anymore. If it's that important to you in the World Baseball Classic to win that, if the country, winning it for your country is more important than winning the World Series for my franchise, perfect. No problem. Just put that clause in there. Same thing for Altuve. Same thing for Wainwright. I've often said, I'm done with all-star games as well. If I was owning a Major League Baseball team or an NBA team or an NFL team, it was all a Pro Bowl there on that. But if I own an NBA team, I will tell you, if you get named to the All-Star team, I'll give you a $500,000 bonus. If you choose not to play, I'll give you a million. I don't want you playing these exhibition games where you can get hurt. If you get hurt in the course of getting ready for the season with me and my training staff and where we've got you in a controlled environment, if you get hurt there, totally understand. If you get hurt playing somewhere else, doing something else that's an exhibition, be it the Olympics, Whatever it is, if you get hurt doing that and cost my investment, cost my team from winning a world championship, that's a totally different ballgame. And I don't want you doing that. Um, what else? Uh, oh, I want to talk about this Bowling Green thing. The, so Bowling Green women's basketball, I'm going to get more on changes here in sports. Oh, my God. So Bowling Green was playing Memphis in a women's NIT game at Bowling Green. Game ends. They're doing the handshake line. And Jamara, Jamara, Jamara shoots for Memphis, appears to, they say appears in all the articles, that was going to be safe, but look, she did. She threw a punch uh, at BG's Alyssa Barrett, again, in the handshake line. And you see it, Barrett falls down, looks like she hits her head on the scorer's table on the way down. But as soon as she falls down, the teammates who are kind of stunned around her, kind of rush, get around her, and a Memphis staff member or teammate grabs uh, shoots and kind of pulls her off. So nothing 
happens after that as far as, but there was a punch. It was an unexpected, I don't want to say sucker punch because it wasn't mine, but it was an unexpected punch thrown by, uh, again, by shoots from Memphis. She has since been charged with assault by Bowling Green Campus Police. And I am done with handshake lines below the collegiate level, above the collegiate level, say collegiate level above. I'm done with it. If you still want to do handshake lines in you know, elementary, middle school, high school, fine. Teach a sportsmanship. I get it. That's the reason you do it for sportsmanship reasons. Once you get above high school, if you don't have a grasp of sportsmanship, you're never going to get it. We saw it happen with Jawan Howard last year. I think it was Greg Gard for Wisconsin. Uh, but Jawan Howard ends up having an altercation with a coach in a handshake line. You don't need to have handshake lines in college basketball, college football, the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, Major League Baseball. You don't have to shake hands after every game. Not necessary. What the NFL does is they don't line everybody up after every game. You'll see guys that know each other go over and dap each other up, say hi to an old teammate, um, congratulations among the quarterbacks, all those things. The coaches shake hands. But it's not like you line up the entire teams for some handshake. Same thing in, the, in college football. You don't line up the entire teams for these handshakes. There's no reason to do a college basketball either. I understand doing in high school if you want to teach sportsmanship, but there's no reason after a physical, intense game that ended Memphis's season, and there was a report there was a, a, an elbow thrown uh, by Brett towards Shoots early in the game, so, and that also may have led to this, but you don't need to do that. You don't need a handshake line. You don't need to do a handshake and then give out orange slices and Gatorades to everybody that somebody's parent brought in. That's not what this is. It's a much different level of, of um, intense athletic competition past the high school level. If you want to do it in high school, great. Do the handshake line, fine. You don't need to do it above the high school level. If someone doesn't understand sportsmanship, and it looks like shoots doesn't, if someone doesn't have it by the time they get to college, they're not going to get it. If people want to congratulate each other after the game, let it happen organically. You don't need to force these teams and force these, and they're adults at this point. These people are all 18 and over. Don't force them to go and shake hands and say good game when they don't mean it. It's just like the whole Chevy Chase thing and uh, Chris's vacation. Kiss my ass. Kiss his ass. You know, those guys, they're going through. They don't mean what they're saying most of the time when they say good game. A lot of times... They just want to go back and get back to their locker room, decompress or whatever. See somebody you like, sure, talk to them after the game. Don't force everybody to shake hands after a college basketball game or college football game it may, or any college sport. Makes no sense. You don't need to do it. All right, coming up next, LeBron is back, but is it too little, too late? We're going to talk about that next. This is the Jeff Fidoff Show, Fan Stream Sports. <laughs> Hello, sports fans. Fan stream sports. Jeeves Law Group. I've known Scott Jeeves for quite some time, and he's just like us, a huge college football fan, but he's not just another PI attorney. He is a ferocious advocate for his clients. Scott Jeeves is a board-certified civil trial lawyer and a certified circuit court mediator practicing in Tampa Bay for over 30 years. He is an AV preeminent rated civil trial lawyer and certified circuit court mediator. Folks, these designations are not just given out. They're given only to the best trial attorneys. But more than anything, Scott takes these cases personally. I've heard it from his clients. He's a fighter you want on your side. Insurance companies hate it when they see you're represented by Jeeves. He's just different. 727-894-2929 or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. That's J-E-E-V-E-S LawGroup.com and tell them JP sent you. Guys, let me tell you about Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Are you experiencing low sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, and you just don't feel like you have the vitality you once had? You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. Do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Call 844 844- 
877-377-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Now is the time to make sure your home insurance is in order. In the last year, many of us have made improvements to our homes. So call the folks at Italiano and discuss these upgrades to make sure you have enough coverage. According to a recent report, almost 64% of homeowners don't have enough insurance on their home, which is their most valuable asset. Also, a great time to make sure you have flood insurance. Even if your mortgage company does not require flood insurance, your home could still be at flood risk. Another big item as we enter hurricane season is making sure your pool enclosure is added to your policy and there will be no issue at claim time. That happens a lot. So call your friendly agent at Italiano Insurance to review your policies today. 813-877-7799 or italianoinsurance.com. Attention, if you are home shopping or looking for a refinance, and even if you already have the approval letter, you must call my man Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services. Scott has a brand new program available in the greater Tampa Bay area called the Community Advantage Loan Program. Get this, no money down, no mortgage insurance, no points, no origination fee, purchase or refinance, and loan amounts up to $647,000. Now, there are some application requirements. It must be a single-family home, one unit, primary residence, and have a minimum 640 credit score. The program only applies to certain neighborhoods, so you have to call to find out if you qualify. So call Scott Fitzgerald at 813-294-7595 or email him at scott at amstampa.com. Now, even if you don't qualify for that program, Scott will shop your loan around, get you the best rates, and won't charge you the huge upfront fees. And if you've had issues with your bank calling you back, Scott will return calls immediately or at least the same day. 813-294-7595 or email him, scott at amstampa.com. Scott Fitzgerald, MLS 386-722, American Mortgage Services, 1000 North Ashley Drive, Suite 1020 Tampa, Florida. Coming back at you. Now, more fans stream sports. All right, thanks so much for sticking with me here. It's the Jeff Fiddle Show. After it happens on Twitter, this is on Fan Street Sports, powered by DSPMediaOnline.com. And LeBron James uh, for the Lakers missed 13 games. I don't want to say the Lakers. You know what it is. Missed 13 games uh, with a foot injury, and the Lakers went 8-5 and five of that. They're still battling for a playoff berth as we speak. Um, he came off the bench on Sunday when they hosted Chicago. Uh, he scored, uh, what did he score? Like 19 points in the game coming off the bench. It's only the... Um, Second time in his NBA career that he's come off the bench for a game. He started every game, including postseason, all that. Last time he came off the bench was back in 2007. So the injury for James, it looked. It, it, the reports are that it was actually a torn tendon, and there were doctors. Uh, some medical personnel were saying, hey, shut it down, get surgery, end your season. LeBron's not at that point in his life. Uh, LeBron knows every season. He's only got a couple of op- opportunities left to play at a high level probably and compete in the postseason. And even though the Lakers aren't looking like world beaters right now, uh, although again, they went eight and five without him. Anthony Davis is playing better. He seems to be healthier. D'Angelo Russell, when he's out there, he's healthy. I like the trades they made, but still um, they LeBron went through. He went from being out to being listed as doubtful, warmed up on Sunday, felt good enough to play, got cleared. And again, came off the bench against Chicago. The Lakers right now, Coming into Monday night's action, they were ninth in the West. So remember, the top 10 have postseason consideration. Seeds 7 through 10 do the play-in tournament or play-in games. 1 through 6 are locked into the playoffs. Top 4 get home court advantage for at least the first round. All right. So, Lakers are ninth. They're only two and a half games to fourth. I know they've only got um, seven games left. So getting two, making up two and a half games, the teams have to, to pass to get to fourth. That's a big ask. But they're only one and a half games from 12th, which will put them out of the playoffs. So it's a it's a every game is critical now for the Lakers. For, for all these teams that are mixed up in this thing, the whole four through 12, all of them. There's a lot of teams that are mixed into this that um, you know are trying to get trying to get into the play-in or into the fact that they can bypass the play-in altogether and get into the top six. The top four certainly want to stay where they're at as a chance to host playoff games. One of the teams battling through all this is the Dallas Mavericks. They made the big trade at the deadline, getting Kyrie Irving uh, from the Nets. And there was all this talk about how great it was going to be with Luka and Kyrie together and a couple of dynamic scores and how great they were going to be together and all these things. Well, they've struggled. Kyrie's had some injuries. Luka's had injuries. 
on the court, it seems a little bit fractured with times when they, um, when they're not sure who's going to take a shot at a certain time or a critical shot, last shot kind of thing. Uh, and Luca has said, he's come out and said that he's not happy. Now, he didn't direct it at Kyrie. So I, I'm not blaming Kyrie for this. I'm not blaming Luca for it. I'm blaming the Mavericks for being idiots and trying to trust that Kyrie Irving could come in and be a positive influence. I don't see Kyrie Irving as being a positive influence on any team. He's one of the most selfish uh, athletes I've ever seen. So here was Luca's quote. It's really frustrating. I think you see it with me on the court. Sometimes I don't feel it's me. I'm just being out there. You know, I used to have really fun smiling on the court, but it's been frustrating for a lot of reasons, not just basketball. So Luke comes out and say that, says that. Anytime you get the best player on the team, the franchise, the face of the franchise saying things like that, fans are going to kind of panic a little bit. Jason Kidd, head coach, just kind of said, look, he's human. You know, it's what's going to, he's going to come out. Irving, Kyrie Irving defended him a little bit and said that he was, uh, proud of him for being honest about it. So Kyrie was very happy that Lucas said this. And I don't think this is necessarily an indictment on uh, well, Kyrie Irving as a player, as a teammate. This I, I think Kyrie was a mess anyway. He was complaining about fans booing at one point, said, you want to come down here and do better, you can. Something along those lines. Um, but it just I, I don't think that Kyrie and Luca can work. And so you wonder what the Mavericks are going to do. They can't. Kyrie's going to be a free agent, an unrestricted free agent after this season. So he can sign somewhere else. And I think that's probably, I don't think the Mavericks are going to want to pay him a max contract. I don't think they should. I don't know if they'll trade Luka. That's also a possibility, I suppose. But um, we'll see what happens. We'll keep following that and see what the Mavericks end up doing. See if they can, because if Luka and Kyrie are playing together and are both honed in and playing well, this Mavericks team can be dangerous in the playoffs. I don't think they're headed for a, a long postseason run, but they're going to be tough to match up with in the playoffs if both Luka and Kyrie um, are clicking together because they are a lot of fun to watch. The Mavericks can be fun to watch if these guys are cohesive and working together um, on this team. So uh, that's it for today. I uh, Thank you for tuning in. A lot more to get into later on this week. And we have Final Four coming up this week. We'll dive into more of that later on. We'll also dive into the Women's Final Four, what's going on there. There'll be more NFL news, Lamar Jackson stuff that's going on. We will um, get, hopefully, updates on him as well. And Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. What's, what's going on with that? So much NFL draft talk to get into. Thank you for tuning into the Jeff Thidoff Show. I'm Tito, Jeff Thidoff. Follow me on Twitter, at That Happens. This has been the Jeff Thidoff Show on Fan Stream Sports, powered by DSPMediaOnline.com. Thanks so much, and have a great week. 